Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Psalm 51 is calling your name. Psalm 51, we're going to read it. We're going to read it from the New King James in just a minute. Very excited about our new Facebook group. Yes. Text Talk Facebook group. Absolutely. Come by and, and and say hi. And well, come by and be a part of the conversation. Let us know what you're learning from Psalm 51 or whatever it is that you're reading in the Bible. We'd love to hear about it. I think they're going to have conversation starters and questions and various and sundry other things that we're going to be bringing up there. And people Links. love various and sundry. Yeah, it always brings them in. Absolutely. And I do too. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Psalm okay, 51. Psalm New 51 King James. from the New King James. To the chief musician... A Psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. I want to start today's discussion by bringing up a question about your own experience. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced this where either you apologize to someone else or maybe someone else apologized to you and the follow-up phrase was, ah, no biggie. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, when somebody says they've done something wrong and I, you know, I'm not going to hold it over them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no biggie, no big deal. No big deal. We're good. No big deal. We're good. And of course, that's sometimes because the things people apologize for, it's like, well, that didn't bother me at all. Hey, I, yeah. I really appreciate the fact that you're sensitive on that. Yeah, but that one was, that was no big deal. Appreciate your courtesy. Uh, however, sometimes I think there's this idea that, 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 
that interaction mm-hmm. has lodged in my mind. I don't know if, if yours and any others that sometimes gives across the idea that forgiveness means saying that sin is no big deal. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Look, I forgive you. That, no big deal. No big deal. I forgive you. Do you think it depends on maybe what you've done? Well, I think for some, certainly in any given situation, there there might be people who are not willing to say no big deal. Well, but I, I'm just I right here here's all I'm trying to to say that I think yeah. that there are I think there are some folks, myself included, that struggle with forgiveness because they think that forgiveness is saying no big deal. Mm. And no, this is a big deal. I can't right. forgive this. This is a big deal. And That's yet it, uh, uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. What, what Well, I was just going to say in, instead of understanding that forgiveness is a release of the penalty right or the release of the guilt you did it it's bad but you're not going to have to pay for it or make it right in some way exactly the the reason why i bring this question up is because yesterday we talked about how amazing it was that god is a god who forgives yes we talked about his name in exodus 34 as he expressed his his willingness his desire to forgive forgive iniquity transgression and sin and david calls on that in this psalm which might leave this idea in the minds of some saying that that God was saying David's sin is no big deal. Yeah. And yet this psalm does not allow for that. Well, it does not. And and neither does the narrative that is the setting for it, right? No. Or, or the background when when we see what it cost David that there there were consequences and even temporal consequences. Uh, the the son of this union with Bathsheba is lost. The sword would not depart from David's household, and you know what we see is terrible, terrible dysfunction and abuse and even murder amongst his children, even before he dies. You know he gets to witness all of that and have all that heartbreak. So I, there, there are there are consequences. But what I am what I am uh, noticing here in this psalm is the responsibility he takes for this sin in verse four against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, which I think is important to remember that while he acts out against Bathsheba, against Uriah, against the people that he's supposed to lead, he was acting out against God. He's he's acknowledging that. Um, and the severity of it, in verse 14, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, mm. O God. He acknowledges his hand in murder. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I was, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, that is a tremendous thing to confess to hmm. and to confess to in the Bible. This is this <laughs> confession is forever. We all know you did it. You admitted that you did it. I, I began thinking about so many of the Ten Commandments that he violated. Mm. I mean, that this sin is terrible. Um, he did covet his neighbor's wife. One. He did commit adultery. Two. <laughs> he did commit murder. Three. And I, you know, I don't want to like pile on, but when you stole someone's life and you stole someone's wife, you were, you were stealing too. And all of this was against God. Well, and there, there's the idea of even violating the first commandment, Yeah, that there's something that he's putting before God. He has a God, even though it's not an, a statue that lauds and authorizes sexual immorality, what he had done was 
placed his own sexual desires mm-hmm. above God, his impulses above God. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about God's will. I'm not going to worry about consequences. I'm not going to worry about the future. I have in this moment this desire that I want to express, that I want to pursue, and God's rules don't matter. God doesn't matter. And so what David actually does is places himself on the throne of God in his life. And when you see where God had raised up David to the throne, I guess what I was reflecting upon reading this psalm was was really the word betrayal. Mm. That that David acting in this way against Uriah, of course, is a betrayal against him and his family, but it's a betrayal of his authority and the position, everything God had given him. This to me, this this was this is this is the Judas moment in David's life. Judas comes and kisses Jesus in the garden, and it's this terrible betrayal by this close, close friend. And what David has done in violation of all of these commandments and this authority, yeah, he betrayed Uriah. Uriah is dead because of him, but he betrays God. This is a betrayal of all that God has done. This was the man after God's own heart and the one that God has chosen, placed upon the throne. It's tremendous that David would would recognize this, I guess, and uh, and confess it, uh, confess it in every which way he can, and throw himself upon the mercy of God because he has no recourse but to throw himself upon the mercy of God. The, I, I want to get back to this idea of thinking that forgiveness equals sin is no big deal because I think there are folks, and myself included at times, that okay, I know God is a forgiving God, but this sin that I've committed, it's too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And so I can't bring that to him. Mm-hmm. And because forgiveness is for when it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But but David here does not treat his sin in Psalm 51 as if it was no big deal. Correct. He, doesn't, he doesn't say, have mercy on me, O God, according to the smallness of my sin. Mm. It's not a, a, according to the fact that it's no big deal, forgive me. Right. It's it's about God and his name and his personality and his character. But then you get into verse three. I know my transgression. My sin is ever before me. David is saying, my sin's a really big deal. I can't forget it. I yeah. mean, his sins are haunting him. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And of course, you brought up the, the fact that, well, he did sin against Bathsheba. He did sin against Uriah. He did sin against the people. And in fact, as far as we can tell, those, those are really, really big sins against them. Well, they and, are. And if and if they were that big against them, and he compares it using this rhetorical device mm-hmm. of as if that was nothing compared to what he had done to God, right. he's pointing out, this is a really, really big deal so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. He's saying, look, you you have every right to punish me. You are yeah. justified if you judge me, if you de- hand me over to the court yeah. and throw me into the prison and I never get out of there. Take your spirit away from me. Take the kingdom away from me. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. So here he's talking about just how sinful he is that as he considers the sin, it's as if like, look, this is just, this is just who I've been. I am so sinful. Yeah. It is as if I was a sinner from the moment I was conceived. Now, I, I want to point out something on this. Yeah. I believe that we need to understand that psalms are poems. Sure. They are poetic expressions. They are not doctoral theses on the nature of any doctrinal position. Mm-hmm. David here is not trying to assert 
original sin. Yeah. He is not asserting total depravity. What we have is a snapshot of where David is in this moment and how he feels now that he has been rebuked for this sin. In Psalm 71, consider this contrast. For you, O Lord, this is verse five. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. Now, which is it? Was I a sinner from I the... was just about to ask that. Well, which way is it? Was I a sinner from the womb or was I relying on the Lord from the womb? Yeah. And, you know, someone might say, well, that's not David because it's not attributed to David. However, it does come at the end of this Davidic collection, which leads us to see it as going on with that. However, well, it's still going to create a problem. So somebody doesn't have inherited sin and total depravity. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. So the, the the issue here is we're looking at snapshots of where a psalmist was in the moment. And in Psalm 51, yeah, David point. is saying, my sin is a really, really, really big deal. Yeah. But God will forgive sins that are really, really big deals. And and I think that's I think that is so important for us to grasp. Go ahead. Yeah, just to that. I mean, maybe it's just saying the same thing on different words, but he, he, there is nothing in this psalm where he's trying to make excuses about it. That's exactly you know, right. It's, it's not. It's not. Uh, you know, Adam saying, "Well, you brought that woman to me." Yeah. Yeah. You know, he said, "Well, God, you gave me the eyes, and I saw that woman." Yes. Yeah. He's, he's, there's no blame on anyone except he himself. Owns this. That's right. It's his fault. And he says, "You know, I'm I'm this way." And, and it's wrong. Look, we need to understand our sins are really, really big deals. We do. You know, this reminds me of a conversation you and I were having, oh, some other time, not not in the podcast, where we were just talking about our guilt. I, I know we got to wrap up here, but let me just, that sometimes it's like when we're trying to draw people to Christ, it's almost even like we want to tell them, now, look, look, look. Yeah. You know, what you did was not as bad. You know, I don't want you to feel all this tremendous guilt. Jesus yeah. will forgive you. Yeah. No, no. What David says is, I feel a tremendous amount of guilt, yeah. and I should because I'm in a murderer, and I'm an adulterer, I'm, I'm multiplied wives, I'm conspiring, I'm coveting. But yeah. you know what? God will forgive. Yeah. And that's that's just a powerful, powerful It was, point. I don't remember who said it, but, but the attitude was, I just love to sin, 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 and God just loves to forgive, forgive, forgive. So we get along great. Yeah, and David's like, that's not it. I that's don't love to sin. That's not it at all. Sin is a really big deal. It's awful. But I serve a really big God yeah. who forgives. Yeah. And, and I, I just got to say this. I know we're over time. Okay. But you and I as Christians understand how truly big sin is because we know how much it costs to pay for the sin. We do. God didn't say, oh, no big deal. I'll just look the other way. God said it's a big deal, but I'll pay it with the blood of my son, Jesus Christ. At the cross. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today, Lord willing. We will be back tomorrow talking about Psalm 51 some more. If you'd like to... More information about the podcast, send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, forgive us. We are sinners, and we need mercy. Help us to be honest about our own sin and guilt. Help us not to buy into the therapeutic mindset of our world today that tries to act as though we're not guilty. Help us to realize how what a big deal our sins really are. But then help us to remember that you are a big, big God who forgives and sent your son Jesus to die for us. And may we hand our lives over to you and be cleansed whiter than snow. It's through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. In, uh, let's see here, I think it's in Psalm 71. I got to get over here to it. Okay. Um, Turn it over there to Psalm 71 right now. Well, uh uh-oh. I may be misremembering. Let me find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>